0: AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, Brett Johnson with you here on a Tuesday afternoon. And today we are joined by the editor-in-chief of the Minnesota Reformer, that's Patrick Kulikan. Minnesota Reformer, great resource for the latest in Minnesota news and politics over at minnesotareformer.com. As we are going to be talking about less than stellar health insurance that many employees at the Mayo Clinic are getting, Plus, we'll be highlighting President Joe Biden's visit to Minnesota tomorrow and what we can expect. So, Patrick, thanks so much for coming back on the show today. Always a pleasure. Absolutely. So, let's start off talking about the Mayo Clinic because normally when we think of the Mayo Clinic, we think of world class healthcare and former presidents and royalty from around the world stopping in Rochester to get probably some of the best health care they can get in the entire world, certainly world-class healthcare care at the Mayo Clinic. But what happens when the employees of the Mayo need to get health care themselves? Well, that's when things get a little dicey, depending on whether you're a doctor or an executive or just a rank and file employee, because for the majority of employees at Mayo Clinic, well, they're saying that the health insurance coverage they get from Mayo Clinic is less than stellar, as the Minnesota reformer had a chance to speak to a number of employees at Mayo talking about some of the issues they've run into with uh, their medical insurance and trying to uh, get things covered. So I guess my first question for you is what kind of insurance do employees of the Mayo Clinic get right now? As I understand it, this is a self-funded plan through Medica. So tell us a little bit about what they get and why, at least overall, they've been running into some issues so far before we get into more of the details behind all this.
1: Yeah, so they have a self-funded plan, which means that uh, Mayo uh, pays for the care. It's, It's administered by... Uh, Medica. So um, interestingly, when we asked uh, Medica about some of the complaints, um, Medica really kind of put the onus on Mayo and said, well, this is a self-funded plan. We're only administering it. Um, And um, the problems that the uh, employees are are running into are, uh, I think, common in the private health insurance marketplace. My my line about this was uh, Mayo workers, they're just like us. Um, and uh, what I mean by that is they they also have uh, trouble finding a doctor who's in-network or a specialist who's in-network. They uh, have surprise bills. They have um, uh, really huge out-of-pocket expenses. Uh, They will, uh, without much chance to pay the bill, they'll be sent to collection, Um, and so uh, you have this, really fascinating juxtaposition of, of, as you said, a world-class medical institution whose own workers struggle to get um, the, the, the care that they need. Um, and, um, and 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 it's especially a uh, com- uh, compelling story if you think about what the Mayo Clinic, uh, the, the influence that they wield, especially on our legislature, last legislative session, were a couple of big issues that were up, including the nurse staffing ratio bill that the Mayo Clinic was vehemently imposed to, and then also another one that tried to tackle health care costs. and again uh, and and Mayo made this threat that max uh, Nestorak, our reporter who's who's reported this story as well, uh, that to to both the 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 staff of the governor and then also legislative leaders that they would take future investments, billions of dollars worth elsewhere, unless they got what they needed on these uh, two bills that they wanted killed. And of course, they largely succeeded.
0: Well, another issue that uh, employees at Mayo are running into is trying to, well, find providers that are within their own network right now, as oftentimes they say that, uh, well, for instance, if we take mental health, for example, if the, I know a few employees talked about trying to get mental health coverage for their children, and when they go on their uh, website, to try to find, well, what's in network? Well, it turns out oftentimes there's no one in network, or if there anyone is in network, well, they're not taking any new patients, which obviously causes a number of problems as well. So tell us about what we've been hearing in terms of a lot of these employees not even being able to get coverage that's within network, even though supposedly with the Mayo's medical plan, uh, people should have lots of options, but it turns out that's really not been the case at all.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, the, uh, uh, they're in network. So, so Mayo itself, the, the medical institution is in network for all employees. Um, but the problem is uh, they have a lot of remote workers who are not near one of these major campuses. And then the other problem is that they have to wait weeks or months because obviously Mayo is going to treat their non-employee patients. They're they're given priority um and so uh it's a real problem I mean, especially for those people who don't live near a uh, a campus um and they just they these workers describe what what uh experts in these health insurance finance issues call a phantom network so it's, hmm. th- there are claims that there are dozens or or even hundreds of in network doctors um, but they're just not taking new patients or, to, or they don't accept the insurance anymore or the, or the doctor's retired. Um, and so uh, this is, it, people struggled so much to find an in-network an doctor and, and, and struggled so much with other, these health insurance issues at Mayo that they, they have one of these internal communication systems in my, we use Slack, you know, it, it, but they apparently use Microsoft Teams and there was a Microsoft Teams channel that was called at one point, Medica sucks. Um, they they uh, uh, diplomatically renamed it, um, or somebody in HR <laughs> probably did that. Um, but that gives you some idea when they're talking so openly internally about this struggle. Uh, and, and I think that a key takeaway for me was uh, how bad is the American healthcare financing and insurance system when male workers are having to deal with this. What does that tell you? Uh, If if the absolute best of the best um, healthcare workers are unable to get decent healthcare?
0: Yeah, I think it's absolutely a microcosm for what we see in, well, corporate culture. Because as I mentioned at the beginning of this, uh, I said that, well, if you're an executive or a doctor, you get tremendous health insurance as opposed to the usual rank-and-file employees because there, there is quite a big difference if you're an executive or a doctor in terms of the type of health insurance you get versus a rank-and-file employee, correct? Right. So uh,
1: you're, you're right about that. Of course, there, there's always a class in American, uh, the American economy. Mayo doctors and executives can be reimbursed for up to ten thousand dollars a year to cover their out-of-network and their their out-of-pocket costs and their and their co-payments as well as the dental and and orthodontic uh, expenses. Uh, everybody else doesn't doesn't get that benefit. So so that's the you know, the polarization of, of income and wealth and, uh, in microcosm too.
0: And, and going back to talking about the struggle of employees trying to find healthcare providers that are within network, as we talked about, oftentimes struggle. it's a struggle just to use the Mayo Clinic itself. So for a lot of people, especially those that are working remotely, that's certainly not an option. But what exactly has Mayo been saying in terms of, well, when they're being accused of having these phantom-type networks? Because as I understand it, when an HR employee at at uh, the Mayo Clinic. Basically, they were saying, well, it's the provider's fault for not knowing the status of whether they're in the network or not. So it just kind of seems like they're giving the runaround to the employees and, well, largely putting things on them when there seems to be a mess in terms of trying to figure out who's in the network and who's not.
1: Right. Um, I mean, I think I think an, an HR employee came on to that, uh, that Microsoft Teams channel and said, uh, sure, I, you know, this... I've also struggled with it. It took me a couple hours uh, to straighten it out. Um, and so kind of acknowledging um, that this is an issue to, to her, his or her uh, colleagues, um, you know, as far as Mayo itself goes, um, they they kind of sent us a lengthy statement about mm-hmm. their, how great their benefits are and uh, that they, they cover about 75% of employees uh, of the medical plan. Um, and they're always looking to improve their networks, and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, I, I do wonder if this maybe will be a, um, a wake-up call um, for Mayo uh, executives, given the uh, how, how competitive it is um, out there in the healthcare marketplace to hire uh, qualified people.
0: Absolutely. And there's still a lot more we can unpack with this. And there's one more area I want to go with, because this certainly caught my eye when, again, we were talking about mental health services that are supposed to be provided by their health insurance plan. Because as I understand it, Mayo Clinic's benefits booklet says it covers, or it's supposed to cover, 80% of medical health services, whether that's in or out of network after the deductible is met. But the catch is only a portion of the bill count towards... Counts towards the deductible. And as you guys wrote about in the Reformer article today, uh, that's certainly a very important catch that can uh, cost uh, a number of employees a lot of money when it comes to, well, what part of, the, what part of that bill is going to be counted towards the deductible. Right. And,
1: um, you know, and then there's also another issue here, uh, and, and that's um, uh, mental health parity. Where um, it does not seem that uh, there's a real network and, and the real ability to find uh, mental health um, treatment. and um, that that's in law since two thousand and eight. it's it's uh, an important law that's named after um, Paul wellstone and um, and we have a, um, a mental health uh, care advocate and the story who's uh, questioning whether or not they are in fact um, abiding by the law. So yeah, there's a lot in here and I encourage people to go and read it. Um, some of the, the individual stories uh, of people not being able to get care are uh, really alarming and heartbreaking.
0: Absolutely. And even, too, we won't even have a chance to touch on how sometimes employees end up going to collections for some of these bills that they thought were covered. So, yeah, I encourage you to check this out. It's it's a good read over at MinnesotaReformer.com, MinnesotaReformer.com also wanted to touch on one other big thing that is happening this week, and that has to do with President Joe Biden visiting Minnesota tomorrow, as he is going to be at a family farm in Northfield to highlight investments in rural communities, as uh, many farmers in southern Minnesota and northern Iowa have been facing a lot of issues with droughts impacting their yields over the past few years or so. So Biden will be in uh, Minnesota to highlight the investment that they've been making in rural communities. So... Let's talk about what we can expect from this visit. Is this uh, kind of, uh, again, just showing the investment they're making in rural communities that, well, we're not just looking out for the suburbs and the metro area? Or what can we expect from this visit tomorrow in Northfield?
1: Yeah, I mean, the uh, it's, it's a year away from re-election. Um, the president's uh, numbers are not great. Um, and uh, he now has a new Democratic opponent uh, who happens to be a Minnesotan. In uh, Dean Phillips, so uh, I, I suspect the trip was uh, planned for a while. Um, but that's an interesting uh, contrast with uh, Phillips out in New Hampshire beginning his campaign, and the president coming here. Democrats always like to uh, highlight initiatives um, in in the rural America, um, and and I'm not sure that you're going to win uh, a whole lot of rural votes with it um but it's certainly a nice uh image for the twin cities medium uh market and uh let's face it elections can can are often fought on the margins and meaning that uh if if you can flip uh just a few votes in um in some of these battleground states like let's say uh you know for holding wisconsin for instance uh if you can flip some of those rural voters Um, And highlight some of the uh, some of the help you've provided and then also drive a wedge between uh, Republicans in Congress who have held up the farm bill Mm -hmm. and uh, farm voters um, and and persuade them that you want a more functional Washington and you'll get that under uh, uh, Democrats. Um, That's also a good message to drive home.
0: And I'm curious, what kind of uh, political people we can expect at this? Uh, at Joe Biden appearing in Northfield tomorrow, uh, are, are we expecting any Congress people? Maybe even members of the legislature? Governor Tim Walls are they expected there? I know one person who probably won't be out there is Dean Phillips, obviously, but anyone else <laughs> we can expect to uh, be out there uh, pe- appearing with Biden?
1: I have not seen I have not seen the itinerary, um, but I, I expect uh, the governor may greet him at the airport and um, that, the, um, commissioner of agriculture and, uh, it'll be a big event for the farm bureau, uh, or excuse me, the farmer's union, which is a more democratic aligned, uh, farmers group. Um, and, and I think Northfield is uh, a good place, uh, that is both, uh, agriculture, um, but also a heavy college presence. So it's a good, a good stop. And, and, uh, close enough to the Twin Cities to get coverage.
0: Yeah, that is a good point because you do have that very rural area in Northfield, but it also is becoming, as you said, more of a metro area and certainly an area that's been turning a little bit more uh, purple over the past few years. So strategically, uh, yeah, not the worst place for uh, Joe Biden to possibly go as well since uh, I also believe that's in the second congressional district. So wonder if uh, yeah, the Angie Craig campaign could have any involvement as well since that'll certainly be a very important reelection for her as well coming up.
1: Yeah, she picked up a a very strong, what looks like a a very strong challenger who just stepped away from the U.S. Attorney's Office, and uh, she needs to get heavy turnout in a place like Northfield to
0: win. Well, you can read more about Biden's visit. I'm sure you guys will be covering that over at the Minnesota Reformer tomorrow at minnesotareformer.com, minnesotareformer.com. And also make sure you check out that story about, well, that uh, very kind of crappy health insurance that they have over at the Mayo Clinic, according to uh, many of their employees. Find that all over at minnesotareformer.com. We have been speaking with Patrick Hulakan, who is the editor-in-chief of the Minnesota Reformer, who joins us every Tuesday. As always, Patrick, thanks so much for coming back on the show. Always a pleasure, Brett. Let's take a break and send things back over to Matt McNeil on AM 950.